thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. That video there shows a child who is incapable of playing the drums like that, but is knowing to put themselves in the Father's hands who can actually give them the strength, the power and the ability to do it, yeah? That is a picture of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit empowers us We sit safe in the arms of our Father. The Holy Spirit empowers us to do the things that we simply aren't able to do. So today we're going to look at a passage of Scripture that mentions the Bible, that mentions the Bible, (laughs) mentions the Holy Spirit 22 times. It's the passage in the Bible that actually has the most mentions of the Holy Spirit. We're not going to look at all of them because we will be here all day and I've got 22 minutes apparently. But hey, that's the sound team. The six of them up there today bullying me, okay? It's as if there's half of the Last Supper been taken a picture of up there. But uh, We're going to look at Romans chapter 8. I am going to use the message version because I think sometimes it does put some things across a bit easier. So Romans chapter 8, in our house groups this week, connect groups, we're going to be looking at Romans chapter 8 in a bit more detail. But we're going to just look at three aspects of the Holy Spirit. Um, So verses 2 to 8, for example, talk about how the Holy Spirit helps us to keep the law of God. So the Holy Spirit helps us to remember what God has already said and helps us to say, okay, I don't want to murder. (laughs) Maybe you sometimes think it, but I don't want to do those things. Verses 9 to 13 energizes us to keep on killing sin, putting sin to death, putting the old life to death, putting that old self away. Verses 14 to 17 assures us of our relationship with God the Father. It talks about adoption. We've sung some of the songs this morning that were adopted into his family. And then also verses 18 to 23 are a guarantee and a forecast of what we are to inherit through the Holy Spirit. And then finally, verses 24 to 27, which is where we're going to look at towards the end of this morning, is our relationship with praying. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Intercedes is a fancy word. We'll look at all of these three points today, or certainly three of those five, but important points. So I'm going to look at Romans chapter 8. If you've got your Bible, I am going to read from the message version, which will be on the screen if you haven't got the message. And, uh, but look alongside the NIV and the message. It's always a good thing to do. I'm going to start at verse 9. So Romans chapter 8, verses 9 to 14 say this, and hopefully we'll get there. I'll, I'll wait till it's there. Brilliant. Thank you. But if God himself has taken up residence in your life, you can hardly be thinking more of yourself than of him. Anyone, of course, who has not welcomed this invisible but clearly present God, the Spirit of Christ, won't know what we're talking about. But for you who welcome in, in in whom he dwells, even though you still experience all the limitations of sin, you yourself experience life on God's terms. It stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, He'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive in himself. Meditate on that a little bit. 
If he can, the Holy Spirit brought Jesus to life from the dead and he moves into your life, he is going to bring life. Yeah? He is going to raise you from the dead. When God lives and breathes in you, and he does as surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life, rescued. With his spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ's. So don't you see that we don't owe this old do-it-yourself life one red cent? There's nothing in it for us, nothing at all. The best thing to do is give it a decent burial and get on with your new life. God's spirit beckons. There are things to do and places to go. I could read that passage over and over again and different bits stand out. In fact, actually, I could read it and probably sit down with 24 minutes to spare. They've actually added a few minutes on. Sorry, everybody. (laughs) But you can read that. The Holy Spirit brings life. It gives life to the full. He gives life to the full. You know, it stands to reason, doesn't it? I'm going to read that section again. It stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life and my life, he'll do the same thing in us that he did in Jesus. Is that not amazing? Yeah. Bringing you alive to himself. When God lives and breathes in you, and he does as surely as he did in Jesus, if you're a Christian... You are delivered from that dead life with his spirit living in you. Your body will be as alive as Christ. You know, we have lived in our house now for around 16 years. I think, is that right? It's about 16. We've lived in our house for about 16 years. We have filled it. Okay, some of us more than others. But she's not here, so I'm not going to talk about her this morning. (laughs) We have filled it. Well, this week I was asked to go and feed our neighbours' cats while our neighbours currently live in Rosie's parents' old house. What an opportunity, eh? Someone said, don't go spruiching around, they might have cameras, okay? I'm fairly safe they're not going to watch the service this morning. But um, I fed their, their cats while they've been away, and there is a real temptation to have a walk around and see what they've done with the place. You know, Katie actually came with me last night and said, well, can we go upstairs? I said, well, the cats aren't upstairs. I did go around the downstairs going... Just to see if I could find the cats. But I walked around this house. You know, for one thing, it for sure is already different. They have already started to put their own mark on the place. They've started to put their own stamp on the place. Some furniture, some decorating. But that house is beginning to take on their personality because they've moved in. When the Holy Spirit moves in, things change. That's what happens. He brings life. There are things to do and places to go. Why not put that old to death? Why not get rid of that old way that is such a stumbling block for us and also causes us so many problems? Get rid of it. Bury it. Don't give it any credence because actually you've got something new. doesn't stop you being friends with things and people, but actually, do you know what it does stop you doing? It stops you being dead. If I said, who wants to not be dead? Let's put our hands up. I think we'd all be probably quite keen. Those of you who haven't got your hands up, I'm assuming you're already there. Okay? But the Holy Spirit means in and brings life. Things change. With his spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ's. It's amazing. Amazing. His Holy Spirit brings life. And you know, that doesn't just happen as an individual. That happens as a church. 
It happens as a church. Do you know, as, as we've gone through this series, I said it a little bit at the beginning, I think this has been my hardest series to prepare and to do because actually I think as I'm trying to do it, there's so many other things that have crept in. So many pressures that have crept in. So many of the old things and the old ways that have just started to bombard me. And I don't think that's a coincidence. Because I believe there is power in the name of Jesus. There is joy in the house of the Lord. But also there is life in the Holy Spirit. And if we allow the Holy Spirit to move within us and shape us and move in and change us and put his personality on us, then not only will we be changed, our church will be changed. And guess what? Barrow will be changed. Yeah? We've got to allow it to happen. You know, without the Holy Spirit, this passage is basically saying we may as well still be in the tomb and decomposing. You know? So we've got to recognise what the Holy Spirit does. Look at that picture of the child laughing with joy as his dad takes his hands and drums brilliantly on a, on a, on a really, really rubbish drum kit as well. But actually, the joy... Yeah, we can come to church, we can read our Bible, we can do good things, but we must be filled with the Spirit because then we'll do God things. We must be filled because the Spirit brings life. It stops us being dead. You know, a lot of the people in our town and in our world think the church is dead. Well, maybe it is. Maybe it is. Do you know the thing that stops it being dead? The Holy Spirit. Because he brings life. He fills you with the life of Christ. That's how it works. He moves in and he puts his personality, his stamp, his character, and he gets rid of the old stuff. But we've got to allow him. We've got to say, God, search me. So the first point is the Holy Spirit brings life. Second part I want to look at briefly. Romans 8 verses 15 to 17 say this. The resurrection life you receive from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's not shy. It's not quiet. It's brave. It's bold. It's courageous. It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? And I know there's somebody in here who gets called that quite a lot. What's next, Papa? What's next? There's a child in Alan Durham's life who will probably say that all the time. And do you know what? Alan wants to do it with you, don't you? Yeah? But Alan is limited. Not as limited as I am. He's great. He's my DIY dad. <laughs> but actually, how much more should we be saying, God, what's next? Dad, what's next? What's next? Expectant, adventurous. God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who he is and we know who we are. Father and children, and we know we are going to get what's coming to us. That could be a threat if you read it on its own. We know we're going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. An unbelievable inheritance. We go through exactly what Christ goes through. If we go through the hard times with him, then we're certainly going to go through the good times with him. Do you see that? There's no promise of everything being rosy. But it says if we go through the hard times with him, then we'll go through the good times with him. And do you know the good will be really good? We can be expectant for what he's going to do in us, through us, and with us. God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are, father and children. Do you know, who are you? Sorry, you need anyone on pays, they might get a flashback to some spoken word poetry. Who are you? If I said to you, who are you this morning? You, you might give lots of different answers, 
You know, you might come up first of all with what you do as a job. You might say, I'm, you know, I'm Rosie's husband. I'm, you know, I'm Joel's dad. But you know, the most important thing the Spirit does is he, he recognises who your actual dad is. He says, who are you? Whose, whose are you? Not just who are you, whose are you? Who do you belong to? I've got some pictures I want to show you. I don't know what order this is going to come up in. But uh, here's the first one. If you can just put one of them up, it doesn't really matter. Just probably the order they came in, I would think. There we go. Okay. Ah, I love the fact that somebody's saying ah about a grown man <laughs> and another slightly grown man. Okay. There's Joel's glorious inheritance. Okay. They did that to prove that he is my child. No, that's not the reason. Joel is my son. Okay, you can see he's my son, particularly in that picture. Do you want to flick on to the next one? Here's Corey, okay? Now, Corey was chosen by us to be allowed to come and be part of our family. Yeah? He wasn't adopted, he was fostered, but do you know what? He's been home this week, and that's what he calls it, home. You know, he didn't call me and Ros mum and dad because we were always Auntie, Auntie Johnny. We were, all, we, were, we were always Uncle Johnny and Ros. So he still calls us that. But you know what? He knows that we're the closest to mum and dad he's, he's got. He recognises that he is effectively our son. You know, he recognises that. And there he is, you know. Next picture. It will all become clear why. I thought I'd better put one up for Chloe, because otherwise she might feel offended. That's Chloe, my daughter. She's part of my family. She came along. You know, she's slightly younger than Corey. But she is actually my family. But do you know what? Corey is the same. Corey is one of our children. And the next one. Sorry, Naomi. These two in this picture have been chosen by my kids to be part of our family. Yeah? They are becoming. Naomi is going to be my daughter-in-law. Michael's going to be my son-in-law. They've been chosen. <laughs> They've been chosen to be part of our family. Our family isn't getting smaller. The house might get roomier, but our, our family isn't getting smaller. It's getting bigger. They belong. They know whose they are. And all of those examples there are examples of family. These verses we've read here, God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. Father and children, you are chosen, you are welcomed, and you can belong. You can belong. That is what adoption is all about. And this passage tells me that we can be adopted into God's family. Not second-rate citizens, not second-class children, but a child of God. If you believe in Jesus, that he died for you this morning, that God rose him from the dead, you're filled with his spirit at conversion. That's the baptism of the Spirit. But actually, the Bible talks about the continued anointing of the Spirit, the filling of the Spirit, the falling of the Spirit. And actually, we sometimes keep needing more of God. And actually, he welcomes us into his family. You know, Jesus told loads of parables, didn't he? Several were about lost things. Lost sheep, lost coins, lost son. Okay? I want to point something out to you. Sorry if you're going to do the grace course, but this is one of the spoilers on it, I think. Okay, I might be wrong. I can't remember. But the prodigal son, the son goes off 
to be who he thinks he wants to be. He goes off and squanders his dad's wealth. He ends up in a pigsty and actually feeding the pigs. He ends up totally lost. He thinks he's going to live a life that is satisfying, that is free and full. He ends up with the opposite because he chases after himself. He chases after himself completely. He forgets whose he is. But you know what's really important in that story? He never stops being a son. Yeah? He never stops being the child of his father. Doesn't matter where he is in that story, he never stops being a son. He experiences worse things because he's not in the home, but he never stops being a child. You know, if you are welcomed in by the father and you've accepted him as your dad, you will never stop being a child of God. You just sometimes might stop yourself from experiencing the fullness of who he is. You sometimes might stop yourself from experiencing the, the, full, the fullness of life. Do you know, the Holy Spirit confirms who we really are. So in us, we can know that he is my dad. He is Abba. He is my father. And I am his son. The Holy Spirit confirms that. If we say, God, I feel lost. The Holy Spirit will confirm and you actually know you're mine. You're mine. We've sung, I am a child of God this morning. You've declared it in this place. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. But you know, sometimes we still end up being slaves to ourselves, even when we've let Christ in. And I believe sometimes it's because we don't allow him every part of our life. We don't allow him to move into every room. That house next door where I fed the kittens, some of the rooms are the same. Because it's going to take time. But they need to allow everything of themselves to be in that place. You know, Ephesians chapter 4, these aren't on the screen, this is from the NIV. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 to 32 says this. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed. You know, sealed on the day of redemption. When you accepted Jesus, if you're a Christian and you've said, yes, I want to follow Jesus, you're sealed in him. And in, in ancient days, the seal meant to be secured or guaranteed, secured. When you accept Jesus, you become secure in who you are. You're a child of God because the Holy Spirit says so, <laughs> okay? That's what the Holy Spirit does when you say that prayer and you say, God, I'm sorry for what I've done. Jesus, come into my life. You're sealed by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit has moved in. You need to allow him to move into the full and change you. The seal meant to be secured or guaranteed. The Holy Spirit in you is the guarantee of your acceptance in the family of God. You know, Naomi and Joel will exchange rings. The ring will be a sign that they are husband and wife. They'll be sealed together. <laughs> They'll be sealed. Let's move on. They'll be sealed and it'll be a sign that there's a guarantee that actually that's meant to be. That's meant to be for life. It's meant to be before God. Do you know, you've heard of the phrase, haven't you? I have no words. Some of you may wish often I did have no words or had less words. Have you ever been lost for words? Yeah? 
Well, the third thing and the final thing we're going to look at in this chapter is almost about being lost for words. It's about the fact that we sometimes just don't have words. Donna started the service this morning by saying we just don't have words for what's going on in this world sometimes. We don't have words for what's going on in our lives. But Romans chapter 8, verses 22 to 28 says this. All around us we observe a pregnant creation. The difficult times of pain throughout the world are simply birth pangs. In the NIV it talks about groaning. The earth is groaning. It gives a picture of a pregnant woman groaning to give birth or waiting for that day when actually new life comes. So we see in our world a lot of groaning, don't we? I don't mean people going to the papers going, oh, that football result was rubbish or whatever. The earth itself is crying out for his renewal. So when we see some of these disasters, they are promised in the Bible, not that they're there to harm, but they're there to say, turn to God while you can. Turn to God while you can. Because this earth is heading towards something that needs renewal, yeah? We live in a planet, but it won't, be in, it won't be in the politician's time frame. It's in God's time frame. It's when he says, it's when he says, not anybody else. When he says it's time, all things will be made new and every knee will bow and declare that he is Lord. So right now you've got a choice to say, yeah, I choose to bow before Jesus. I choose to put him as Lord. That is the choice. It goes on to say this, but it's not only around us, this groaning, these birth pangs, it's within us. The Spirit of God is arousing us within. We're also feeling the birth pangs, that groaning. We're groaning from within. These sterile and barren bodies of ours are yearning for full deliverance. I know I'm ready for a new body. Anyone else? Okay. What if you get to choose from a catalogue? That would be good, wouldn't it? That is why waiting does not diminish us. That's important to recognise. Waiting isn't a problem. In fact, it says this, I love this, this sentence. Our mo- <laughs> waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged in the waiting. <laughs> you know? And I don't think that applies just to the women in here. Okay? Some of us men are getting enlarged in the waiting, definitely. Okay? But we are enlarged in the waiting. We, of course, don't see what is enlarging us, but the longer we wait, the larger we become and the more joyful our expectancy. The longer we wait, the more joyful we are. Do you see that? Not, oh, come on, God. (laughs) Or, oof, she's not out of the bathroom yet and needs to get hurry on. The longer we wait, the more joyful we become. His spirit is not just around us. It says we are enlarged in the waiting. His spirit should be growing more and more within us and take us from glory to even greater glory. That's what it said last week in the passage we read. And then it goes on to say this. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's Spirit is right alongside us, helping us along, just like the dad with the drums. God's Spirit is right alongside us, helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us. He's praying in and for us. His Holy Spirit is praying in us and for us making prayer out of our wordless sighs, our aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves, knows our pregnant condition and keeps us present before God, knows our expectancy, if, you don't, if you're struggling with the pregnancy image, okay, knows our expectancy. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God 
is worked into something good. Because you make all things work together for our good. Or you make those things work together for those who love the Lord. Yeah? This chapter, if you were to read it all the way through, this chapter starts with, there is no condemnation. So this morning, if you love Jesus, if you're a follower of Christ, there is no condemnation. And you know, it finishes that there is no separation. Nothing will separate you. There is no condemnation and there is no separation. That's encouraging, isn't it? That's just the start and the end. Read the bits in between. There's loads of things to take in. But verse 34 says that Jesus is seated at God's right hand, interceding for us. What does intercede mean? On behalf of. It means to get in between, to, be, to, to, to get in the way, actually, as well, and to get in the way, to stand in the gap, to stand in the space. Russell and Gaz, I'm, I wasn't going to do this, and you can tell me to go away if you want to. Look at their faces. Just, just come here a minute and join me for a second. You might not want to say anything, but I want you to just come here. These, are, these two, the reluctance to come tells you it's the right move, because they're, oh, you're all right. <laughs> you're aching body groaning for a renewal. Um, Okay. <laughs> okay, so interceding means to stand, to uphold, to work for, to stand in the way, to come between, okay? And it says in this chapter, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. Jesus himself is pleading for you and praying for you in heaven at the right hand of the Father. And that what we've just read says... The Spirit in us is praying for us in our hearts. So we've got the God the Father listening. I've not brought them up here so we can be like a trinity, by the way, just so you know. <laughs> we've got God the Father listening to those prayers. We've got Jesus, the Son of God, praying for us. We've got the Holy Spirit within us praying for us. Should we not want to join in? Yeah. I brought these two up. I might, I might have brought you up too early in my notes looking at this, but we'll see. Okay. The Holy Spirit intercedes in our hearts. He does our praying for us. Do you know, this passage is often used to explain the gift of tongues. We'll talk about the spiritual gifts another week. That isn't entirely accurate for this passage because here it talks of the Spirit praying with wordless groans. We have no words. Donna started our service today. We have no words. We don't know what to pray. How often have you been to a place where you think, I just don't know what to pray? Yeah? Well, that's where the Holy Spirit comes in and starts to prompt us wordlessly and gives us a kick in the gut. Now, I brought these two up because these two have been pretty faithful over the last two weeks and beyond, okay? Um, They've started this one o'clock, or Gaz started this prayer from Monday to Friday, one till two. And it's ongoing, isn't it? We're not announcing it every week. It's ongoing. If you're free from one till two, then come and pray. If you're not, pray where you are. Or, do you know what else we could do? We could have loads of these little hour prayer meetings happening all over town. Because you could say, well, I'm not free one till two, but you might be free at another time. Don't let, don't let the time stop you. Don't let the fact that Gaz isn't leading you in it, because yeah. he himself is like, it's not my prayer meeting, it's Spring Mounts. That's great. One till two prayer. Have you seen the Holy Spirit interceding for you as you've prayed? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you got to talk into the microphone. Uh, we, we've we've had a really good time, haven't we? We've we, we, 
Jesus has just brought things in, into our minds as we, we didn't know what we were going to pray about at first, did we? So we've really spent time seeking the Lord and he just brought things to us. We've prayed for people with addictions, we've prayed for people sexual problems, we've, we've prayed for relationship problems. Jesus has just brought things to our minds as we've been praying, hasn't he? And, and we've just been very open to it and just prayed and he's and it, it just led us on, hasn't he? And it I really thoroughly enjoyed it. It's been my spiritual growth this last couple of weeks. As thank you, Jesus. So, it's highly recommended. Yeah, Russell's become us. more pregnant. Absolutely. You heard that, didn't you? As the weeks have gone on. That's right. And I don't read that, my boy. Sorry, but actually, I'll get my own back. Yeah. <laughs> but the reality is, did you hear that? That comes because the Holy Spirit in them is praying for and with them. Yeah interceding and as the Holy Spirit's interceding and Jesus is interceding guess what they've joined in and they start interceding yeah. and I've, you know, I've not been able to get to every one of them but actually it's been exciting one of the things that's really exciting and there's still you know, when we come to pray we need to believe that God will make a difference and yet sometimes you see it even in the Bible when that church were praying for Peter to be released from prison and then he comes and knocks at the door and they just slam the door in his face <laughs> it's like we've got to believe it these guys and several of us on a Sunday night, there's something happening. Yeah. There is something happening in our prayer times on a Sunday night. So come if you can. Yeah. Because it's all about praying. And as the Holy Spirit's praying, we should join in with him. Yeah. And actually, it's really important. Do you want to say anything else, Gus? Yeah, just, just a quick add-on. We, we were in the vestibule there because it was a bit warmer one day. And we're praying quite normally as we, we normally do. And then Russell suggested, why don't we come in here? and pray and that was the exact same thing that was going on in my heart so we came in here and we were shouting about God's glory we were praising him and then we started interceding for you we prayed up and down these chairs praying for every single person here this morning it was wasn't it brilliant I, I, I know you won't want applause and I'm not doing that but no but I think that we're, when we clap that guys when we clap those things we're clapping the glory of God we're not clapping us, because actually, even in the worship, we're not clapping the great songs, maybe, or the, the amazing bass line, or the superb drum roll, whatever. We're clapping the glory of God. We're saying, God is good. Yes. Let's sing. Yeah, we used to sing that song, didn't we? God is good. <laughs> Jeff will know that one, won't he? Okay. <laughs> the reason I asked them to come up is because these guys have shown a picture of interceding and intercession. Not just these, other people have joined them. But that's what's going on in our hearts, and yet so often we're ignorant to it. We're just ignorant to it. Because do you know why? We're not opening ourselves up to it. We're not saying, God, move in me. Holy Spirit, move in me. And I'm seeing two guys who have allowed the Spirit to prompt them and move them and really step up. And actually, they will come under attack. So do you know what we need to do? We need to be really praying for these guys. Okay? Because otherwise, who knows what could happen? You need to be praying for everybody in this church. But one of the things that was exciting was one afternoon, Russell got really excited. We had a guy who was visiting me who came to the prayer meeting and he was in tears. He said, I've never been to a prayer meeting like this in 30 odd years. Comes from a very similar tradition to, to us in the past, if you like. But he said, I've never sat in a prayer time like this. He was moved to tears. That's the Holy Spirit. Because it was so powerful, so real. And one day, on that day, these guys were praying, right, we want the drugs out of Barrow, we want the drugs out of Barrow. Now the cynic in me goes, yeah. But you know, this week it was on the radio that the well and the police have said that county lines have stopped coming into Barrow. Is that possibly because actually there's been interceding? 
don't get me wrong, the devil wants to keep flooding Barrow with drugs. <laughs> but isn't it encouraging to see as we've stepped up, yes. things are starting to happen. As a church, we wouldn't be in this building and in this position that we are without the fact that the Holy Spirit has prompted us in time. And prayer has been a bedrock. We need it to be the bedrock of our lives. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I've, I've gone on longer already, so I'm going to stop. <laughs> I've got to invite the band to come up because we're going to finish now. But just I want to finish with this. The Spirit, how many times have we sat to pray and just not known what to say? The Holy Spirit prompts us. How's our prayer life? That can cause us to tremble a little bit, can't it? Actually, start today. How many times have we sat to pray and then just give it up? Get back on the bike. Get back on the, the horse and start using the, using the power of God and saying, God, I need you. In our book group, the prayer of David has been mentioned, which is, search me, O oh God. Maybe that's our prayer this morning, to search ourselves and say, God, root out the stuff in me that causes a problem. Get rid of the branches that are dead because the Holy Spirit brings life. God is changing us and the atmosphere. How's he doing it? Through his Holy Spirit in the prayer times, both at one o'clock, other times, Sunday night, there's something going on. Pray believing. Pray at the back. You know, we invite you to go for prayer this week. Somebody who's been for prayer several times has suddenly said, the nightmares have stopped. The nightmares have stopped. God is good. But we need to sometimes come and pray believing. You know, Russell, Russell shared this funny story to finish. Sorry, I've got to share this one. Russell invited one of the men who came on a Thursday night to the warm hub. And it got missed, lost in translation and they thought they were coming to a hot tub. Okay. <laughs> so I have to say, don't think that, you know, something we say sometimes can put people off. I think if we all thought we were coming to a hot tub party with me and Russell, then you wouldn't be there. <laughs> I know even Ros wouldn't be there, but hey, you know, he wouldn't be there. But there is no way of knowing if he's helping unless we pray. But you know, this morning as I finish and the worship band start, maybe your prayer today is search me. But know this, he brings life. He can make you alive. He brings help. He prays for you and in you. And Jesus is praying for you and to the Father. Do we not want to join in? Let's sing as we finish. But let's remember that we are his children. If you don't know him, maybe this morning is an opportunity to do. As we finish with worship, the prayer team will be at the back. It might be a bit chaotic. The children might start to come down. But let's not rush this. If you want to be prayed with and prayed for this morning, not only is the Holy Spirit doing it, but you can have a team of other people and actually, as we join in with what the Father's doing, we will see more of his glory. So let's, let's worship. Thanks, Donna.